Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Barry Guy. This week we'll discuss the first All Black squad naming of the year. There are a few injury spots to be filled. The government and New Zealand Rugby is looking at the possibility of a Pacific Islands team entering Super Rugby. New Zealand's top netball league had the unusual situation of having a player sent from the court. And boxing champion David Nyika wants his stolen gold medal back. Steve Hansen will name his first All Black squad of the year this weekend as they prepare to take on France in the June international window. They'll be without captain Kieran Reid and hooker Dane Coles, while a number of other top players are only just returning from injury. Joining us now is our rugby reporter Joe Porter. Joe, first I suppose if we look at uh, Kieran Reid's replacement and the loose forwards, what do you sort of see as the mix there? It'll be interesting to see who plays number eight, but they've got a wide range of choices to fill that final loose forward spot. So that's probably almost the most interesting part or most intriguing part of the selection. So we have, of course, the, the guaranteed selections of Liam Squire, who is not quite ready yet, may miss the first test, but they'll pick him anyway, Adi Savia and Sam Kane. So those three are locked in already, of course, and then via Fafita as well from the Hurricanes. Uh, outside of that, you've got Luke Whitelock from the Highlanders, who is a solid player, but perhaps not outstanding, but he's been in the environment before. You've got Gareth Evans, Chris Boyd calls him the all-rounder from the Hurricanes, who's had a, a real breakout year. He's been in some really good form, and um, while he isn't the most dynamic, he does everything really well and has got some genuine speed. Um, Jordan Tofua is the most likely selection, it seems the pundits agree on, to, and the loose forwards, obviously the Crusaders, uh, a strong ball carrier, a strong tackler, not as tall as they would usually like for an All Blacks number six, but certainly very effective in every other area. Um, and then an outside chance, a guy like Shannon Frizzell from the Highlanders, who's only come off the bench and for them this year and has looked really impressive in the handful of games he's got because of their loose forward issues. So... Yeah, a, a chance at a bolter there. Even uh, Akira Yuani, mustn't forget him from the Blues as well. Perhaps this isn't his time, but eventually he will be in All Black. So there's yeah, a, a lot of people trying to vie for that one loose forward spot. Uh, Dane Coles out the hooker and also some other injuries, and all of a sudden we start to look a bit um, thin again at mm. the number two. Yeah, that's right. So you know, Cody Taylor, I guess, will be the starting hooker. He's been the number two behind Coles for a while now. Nathan Harris... You'd have to say third in line, now second in line, of course. But if they do decide to take a third rake, they may not. They might might just take two. But if they do decide to take a third one, Liam Coltman of the Highlanders, he's been in the environment before. Um, and people are throwing out the name of Ricky Riccatelli, who's, of course, at the Hurricanes. Asafawa Moore, who went on the interview tour last year, is out injured as well. Another Hurricane. Ricky Riccatelli behind Coles. He's been a backup for a, a while now, and Coles missed a lot of last year. And Riccatelli's been a bit of an unsung hero for the Hurricanes, so he could be another bolter into this side. Uh, midfield and uh, the three quarters, um, no shortage of options there. I suppose it's perhaps who you, you might leave out or what mix you may have. Yeah, again, it's it's going to be whether they pick four or five midfielders. So Sonny Bill Williams, Ryan Crotty um, are, the, are the guaranteed names there. 
Three names that are vying for those last two spots, potentially Jack Goodhue, who went away on the end-of-year tour, Nani Lamarpe, who's had a great season for the Hurricanes and a good last debut year for the All Blacks last year, and Anton Leonard-Brown, who's, of course, the most experienced of those three. It'd be unlucky if any three of them were squeezed out. However, if they do take a, a fifth midfielder, Rob Thompson from the Highlanders is worth mentioning. He's had a great season for them, and it isn't perhaps as flashy, but has certainly been a really solid performer under Aaron Major, of course, a former All Black midfielder himself. Um, you did mention some new names there. We're a year out, uh, or just over a year out from the World Cup. Uh, is, is it likely that, did, well, do you think it's too late to start bringing in some, some young guys or new guys? Uh, should they be settling perhaps with um, the sort of the base of the team they want to take to the World Cup? Or will they, all, you know, Steve Hansen and co always keep their options open, do you think? Well, I think the lessons they've learned from the last two World Cups are that depth is incredibly important. You look at what happened in 2011 with all the first fives falling over. Stephen Donald, what was he, fourth or fifth choice, kicking the winning goal in the 2011 final. And the same thing happened in 2015 with different positions going down and, again, depth required. So, yes, it's the last year before the World Cup and Hanson will be wanting to select and settle on his strongest lineup and strongest combinations and give them as much game time together as possible. However, you do have to continue building depth, especially in troublesome positions like first five where they've lost Aaron Cruden. So you've got Bowden Barrett who's at the top of his game but then this next step down to the to Damien McKenzie is untried and untested. He's a project. Richie Mwanga is solid but not necessarily a star so they might look to try and build some depth there uh, and various other areas as well. Loose forward, they're looking a bit slim with Jerome heading off overseas, Jerome Kainor and a few others and Kieran Reid being injured so often. Bits and pieces, Artie Savia going off the boil somewhat. Um, the midfield, Sonny Bill and Ryan, uh, Crotty are your first choice but there again they're a little bit lacking in depth, especially in the experience stakes. Um, and with outside backs, when you're looking for X Factor that'll help you win those sorts of tournaments, you looked at what Nihamil Milner Scudder did in 2015, relatively unknown. A good season behind him, of course, though, and was a star. Uh, someone like Ben Lamb, who has had a breakthrough year for the Hurricanes, could be a shot at someone they bring into the environment and induct and build depth for those outside back positions because they like a power winger and they like a full back come winger on the other side. He's like your Julian Savier or your Rico Iwana. He's got genuine raw speed, which cannot be substituted for anything. He's big and strong. He seems to know what his strengths are and use them really well. And he's beaten some pretty able defenders this year and made some very able defenders look fairly... Um, <laughs> Awkward. So he's he's done a good job, and that's a position where I think form takes as much precedent as class in a way in the outside backs, at least. Thanks, Joe. Uh, rugby reporter Joe Porter, former All Black and Manu Samoa coach Sir Brian Williams says not being involved in Super Rugby has left the Pacific Island Unions running on the smell of an oily rag. He's welcome news that New Zealand Rugby is looking over a government-commissioned feasibility study on the establishment of a Pacific Island Super Rugby team from 2020. Under the plan, the team would be based in Suva and play some home games in Samoa, Tonga, Auckland and Sydney. Sir Brian spoke to Joe Porter about the latest development and says if the team goes ahead, Pacific Rugby will rise. One of the things that's been to the real detriment of Pacific Island rugby is the fact that they're not involved in super rugby and as a result they can't generate the sort of income that everyone else can. So uh, if, if it comes to pass then, then that'll certainly be a big boost to Pacific Island rugby. Uh, do you think the Pacific uh, unions would get behind it, Samoa, Tonga, Fiji? Oh, I'm sure they will. It, it's sort of hand-to-mouth for those unions at the moment. They get uh, some grants from 
uh, world rugby, but um, not enough to compete at the, the top level of international rugby. I mean, we, we've seen um, that the, really the, the demise of uh, Samoan rugby at the top level. They've gone from seventh in the world to sixteenth over the last, uh, I don't know, five or seven years, and um, that's not a good sign. And you think a, a Pacific Island super team would go some way to getting Samoa and those other countries back to where they have been in the past? Well, most certainly it would because it would um, give the players the right sort of competition week to week and um, generate the right sort of income uh, that will allow them to compete at the, the very top level. And what would it mean for you know fans, young fans in places like Fiji, Tonga and Samoa to be able to watch their Pacific Island players that they love and, and idolise play in front of their very own eyes in the islands against All Blacks, Wallabies, Springboks, etc.? Well, it means so much. I mean, um, you know, the, the, the Pacific Islanders love their rugby anyway and, um, you know, to see that sort of level of rugby on a week-to-week basis would, would just be uh, huge. Something that a lot of the younger generations in the islands probably never thought they'd see. Uh, well, I don't know that so much. I mean, we, everyone's hoped for it for a long time. And uh, if it's going to happen, then uh, bring it on. Sir Brian Williams speaking to Joe Porter. And this is Extra Time. The ANZ Premiership has launched an investigation following the Northern Stars midquarter for Amor Iwani's sending off against the Mystics last weekend. Yuani left the court after persistent infringing, leaving aside a player short in the final quarter, resulting in a 60-54 loss. A sending off at this level is very unusual. Joining us is our netball reporter, Ravinda Hunia. Ravinda, just tell us uh, about persistent infringing. OK, so persistent infringing is basically when a player is either creating multiple contacts or multiple obstructions to a point where the referee is going to stop calling those penalties now and take disciplinary action and this is the case that happened with um, Northern Stars wing defence for Amu Yawane. She was persistently either contacting or obstructing so the referee took uh, the disciplinary a step further and sent her off. Quite unusual for the, you know that sort of action to be taken? It's very unusual. Um, the act of uh, any player to commit contact or obstruction, of course, is not common in a game of netball, and especially with a defender whose job it is to um, kind of distract their players, defend their players, and in turn, a lot of the time, come up with um, contact and obstruction calls. So it's, it's a very rare occurrence for a player uh, to be disciplined in this way. You're a netballer yourself. Uh, do, do you think it's it's fair? I mean, it, it has a huge impact on the game, obviously. Yeah, it's, it, it has a huge impact on the game in terms of once she's sent off, no replacement can come on for her. So the team actually carry on uh, with one player down. And although the wing defence position itself isn't really given the respect that it deserves, it was it was apparent that how crucial of a position it is um, when the Stars lost that game to the Mystics by six points in that 60-54 to 54 defeat but yeah as a netballer you you do have to uh, adhere and come to the party when it comes to what refs are calling and I don't know maybe this was the referees making an example of players not responding to calls when they're made by uh, in terms of context and obstructions. I remember in a uh, world championship final Timapara George was 
Sinbind uh, and had to spend some time off in a final against Australia and the Silver Ferns went, still managed to win that. Do you think there needs to be a change somehow because the significance of a sending off, a complete sending off in netball um, is going to have such a huge bearing on the game? What, what do you think perhaps the administrators might do now uh, now that this case has come up? Yeah, I think this is the perfect opportunity for the ANZ Premiership to have a closer look at how they deal with you know, infringing players. And, you know, in the case of Fa'amu Ioane, she was given many, you know, chances um, when she was pulled up for her infringing um, initially before she was suspended in the third quarter for two minutes. You know, she went off the court for two minutes to think about what she had done and came on on the fourth court and, and let a lazy one go. And by that point, you know, with the ref's eyes looking at you, knowing you've got only one strike left, she was sent off court. And I think the Northern Stars argument here is the infringing leading up to that point was though, were they lawful calls? And and that's worth looking into. But, you know, is it time to have a look at the judiciary system again? Do we perhaps align ourselves uh, with other sports in terms of video refereeing and, and bunkers and things like that? You know, it's things that can only be um, addressed when when problems like this arise in a competition, and it's a funny thing because this is so rare in netball. Um, but at the same time, this is also promising signs for New Zealand's refereeing system or umpiring system because you know that umpire had courage to make those calls, um, given no other option but to do it um, as a result of constant infringing. So. You know, it goes both ways. Does this mean that our umpiring has gone up a notch? Or does it mean that, you know, some players just need to really pull their heads in at critical moments in the game and not let um, ill-discipline cost them a game and two points in the ANZ Premiership? Many thanks to our netball reporter, Ravinda Hunia. And this is Extra Time. The Geraldine Rally driver Hayden Patton returns to the WRC this weekend at the Rally of Portugal. Patton and co-driver Sebastian Marshall are on a limited WRC schedule this year. They competed in the second round in Sweden, returned for the fifth round in Portugal, and they compete in another five rallies this year. Hyundai are running four cars in Portugal. While off the world circuit, Patton competed back home in New Zealand, winning two events, and he says that has certainly helped him stay on speed. Oh, definitely. Like, if we if we were spending three months not driving... Um, then for sure we'd be getting left behind. So, um, you know, even though the car and the event and the competition is different, you know, it's, it's still driving, it's still time in the season. Just keep your eye in, and uh, I think in that respect it was certainly a valuable time. Did that sort of, um, in your mind, sort of just give you time to think about uh, what you've got to do and how you go about it? Uh, no, I think, um, you know, the way forward is, is to almost press the reset button. At, at the end of the day, we've got, um, trust and faith in, in the job that we believe we can do at this level. It's just that you know things had didn't click over the last twelve months. So um, you know being home for a long period of time allowed me to sort of just go back to basics and catch up with a bit of normality in life, if you like. And um, and you know I'm just generally feeling a lot more relaxed, a lot more happy now. And and I'm sure that will translate once I'm in the car as well. Yeah. So slotting back into the Hyundai WRC car is uh, no problems. No, not at all. We had a we had a good two day test in uh, Italy last week, and you know everything's come back to me reasonably quickly. And we uh, found some new settings with the car that just helped me help me just get dialed in a little bit more. And um, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a problem come the rally this weekend. Uh, you know, Fongarei rally, our last event was early less than two weeks ago, so we're still sort of in competition mode and, and ready to get back into it again. Do you 
address your return to the WRC in a different way. You had a couple of you know stages and rallies where you didn't finish. Um, you know, you're looking for more consistency, or, or, or do you make take a more conservative approach? How do you go about it? Uh, you know, I think to be honest, this year is it's really a matter of not overthinking it. Um, you know, we we got to this level um, over many many years of just acting ourselves and, and doing the job that naturally come to us in the car. So it is really a matter of just doing the same again and um, forgetting about the pressure and the results and, and just do what we love doing, which is driving. And if everything's working well with the car and with the setup and everything, then um, the results should just naturally come. And you like Portugal? Oh, definitely. No, I've, I've always enjoyed this rally. Uh, unfortunately, a good result sort of eluded us here the last couple of years, so um, it'd be nice to put that right. And, um, you know, we are doing well here last year before we had some technical problems that stopped the car, so... If we can pick up from where we left off here last year, um, that would be a good place to start from. It's Hayden Patton. The Commonwealth Games boxing champion David Nieker says the worst thing about his Gold Coast Games gold medal being stolen is that it happened in his hometown of Hamilton. The medal was taken from his car a couple of weeks ago, but Nieker only realised when he went looking for it for a school visit. It's Nieker's second Commonwealth Games gold, having also won gold in Glasgow four years ago. And Nika told sports editor Stephen Houston he's pretty sure the thieves knew who they were stealing from. Pretty shocked and pretty peeved. Um, you know, I initially thought I must have just misplaced it, but um, uh, you know, I leave it in my. I've, I have left it in my car um, just so that I can take it around to uh, my family, my friends, my um, my appearances that I go to. I go to a lot of schools, and um, that was really disappointing because that's one of one of my favourite things about coming um coming home from the Com Games is. You know, sharing it with um with my community, so it's really it's it's really um sad to have it uh, taken away from me in my own community. So um you know I'm hoping there's someone out there that realizes how much hard work's gone into it, and um uh you know realizes that there's no there's no um value um the the only thing that makes it special is that it's you know that it's mine, and like you can't really do anything with it. So hey, the, no, you can't really sort of. Point go around trying to hock off a, a Commonwealth Games no. gold medal, you'd have thought, might, might raise a few questions. No, no, mine of all people. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, you were going to take it, or you went looking for it, to find it, to take it to it to a school, uh, because, what, there was a young fellow that had dressed up as you for a Mufti day. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, his schoolmates were uh, going dressed as, you know, Marvel Marvel superheroes and whatnot, and he told his mum he wanted to dress like me, so um, I jumped on it, and um, I, I got in touch with his, his mum and um, organised it, and uh, I, I told a fib at the time uh, because I was, I was, I was sure I must have just misplaced it. But um, uh, I told him that I, and I was getting, that I'd forgotten it. So, but um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a real, um, a real shock to me, uh, just because I couldn't believe someone would, you know, go through my stuff and take that of all things because, um, you know, it only has sentimental value, um, and I can't see can't see anyone you know melting it down it's, i don't think it's made a solid goal so yeah chances are they didn't know it was boxer david nika's medal either it's a brave yeah, it's double, a brave brave mo- <laughs> brave move to go yeah. and pinch your medal yeah oh well they, they went and stole other um belly widens as well with my name on it so um i'm sure they've figured it out by now but um i don't know like it's a, it's only my trophy so <laughs> you know it's it, it is disappointing but um you know i've got uh plenty of hope that um the police are doing everything they can, and uh, we've already got names of suspects, people that um, uh, you know, were involved. Uh, so it's looking, it's looking really positive at the moment. So if 
someone could just hand it in, um, no questions asked, you know, clean it up nicely and totally. But um, everyone knows of everyone in Hamilton, and that's one of the best things about it. Um, and in this case, it's probably one of the worst things for the person that stole it because um, it's going to come out eventually, and um, it's just a matter of time, I guess, before um, someone gets someone gets found out. So it'd be nice for it to be done uh, short and sharp. Commonwealth Games boxing champion David Nyika talking to sports editor Stephen Hewson. And that's extra time for this week. You can follow us on Twitter at RNZ Sport. I'm Barry Guy. Bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.